1: So the last couple days, when it comes to Brady and Belichick, we've been trying to examine the breakdown of the breakup. Um, there's a lot to talk about about this game on Sunday, the uh, most watched, what will be the most watched regular season football game in, in the history of the league. And I think the atmosphere will be second only to a Super Bowl, perhaps. But what was interesting is that, you know, Belichick has had his press conferences and, and, um, and, and certainly Brady talked on Thursday uh, a little bit. And, you know, I mean, we know the story, right? He, they had a chance to sign him. He wanted a two-year deal, $50 million. Um, they they didn't do that. He, he knew he was going to become a free agent. And then upon leaving, you know, he met with Robert Kraft, the Patriots' owner, at his house. And now the big to-do is, well, why didn't Belichick meet him? Why did Belichick insist on just taking a phone call, which seems rather impersonal, you know, after 20 years, Belichick has never said, he's been given an opportunity to say, Hey, why, why didn't you meet him? Why, why did you choose to do it by phone? And he won't go there. Uh, even though there's a book by Seth Wickersham who insists that it was Belichick's idea that, no, no, I don't need to see you. That's quite all right. Um, let's just end it here. So this has kind of become a, a story to the story. And, I had a chance to to ask Brady that question, like, you know, do you know why Bill Belichick wouldn't meet with you? Um, and he, he obviously doesn't want to go there specifically, um, but it wasn't like he didn't give me a good answer because he did. And, you know, he just, he just kind of said, you know what, all those things are super personal and went on to talk about how they had a good relationship. He thinks everything was handled the right way. Um, we handled everything as gracefully as we could. And he even said, at one point it was handled perfect. Now we all know this is not true, <laughs> and how do we know well, um there's obviously some hard feelings, or his dad wouldn't be talking the way he has. Alex Guerrero wouldn't have said what he said about Belichick, so there's you know there's some acrimony there um between the two, and you know, but at the same time, I think they' both recognized that their success was dependent on each other, so this is just like a subplot, right, to to everything else that's going on. The biggest takeaway, Steve Versnick, is that this is going to be, for, for all the talk that, that Brady wants to have or not talk about returning to New England, this is going to be one of the most, most emotional days. I know he's played in big games, and I think once the game start starts, he'll be fine. Um, he'll execute. He'll be laser-focused, all of that. And he's going to come in with an an enormous chip on his shoulder, which he thrives on. But I think that that welcome that he gets, I think going onto the field, being in that stadium again, being on the opposite sideline, all those things, I think it's going to get to even Tom Brady for a moment. I don't know for how long, but I do know this. His teammates, even though it's not being spoken, they know how big this game is to this guy.
2: Oh no, question about it. And here's what here's what's going to be the interesting part: is game You know, he's going to get the roar. He's going to get the, the cheers. And this, yeah. And then at some point in the first quarter, early second quarter, he's going to set the all time passing mark for yards. Yeah, six, sixty eight yards away. Mm-hmm. And then there's going to be another cheer for him in the middle of the game. <laughs> that's right. I mean, that's first what's first going to be, drive, maybe. <laughs> that's what's going to be the weird part is that you know you think it's all over pregame. Yeah, but then at some point he's going to pass the the, the record early because it's what 60, 70? sixty eight yards I think yeah yeah so he's going to pass that early in the game and it's going to happen again so yeah. you're not even going to get over it at that point
1: right right you want to move on and then they're going to stop play and and usually you know they they with Drew Brees anyway they stop play mm-hmm. he got the ball he took it over to his kids the dome went nuts. Um, you know, uh,
2: now I, well, they'll, they'll let them stop the game on a road, the guy on the road. I mean, that was at home. So that helped.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So but we'll, we'll there'll see. be some acknowledgement of it. I would think oh, on a scoreboard. Absolutely. You know? And, and cause it isn't, I mean, he's the all time NFL passing leader at that point. So it's not one of those, you know, one of those records you can ignore. And, and nor would the Patriots probably want to, it's inevitable. It's 68 yards. It's not like he's got to throw for four sixty-eight. That might be different. But um, can you imagine and I don't know if, if Gronk, as we do this podcast, I don't know if Gronk is playing or not, um, he hasn't practiced. My, my guess was that he wouldn't practice till Friday at the earliest. Um, doesn't have cracked ribs, has sore ribs. Could you imagine if that, that ball went to Gronk in the end zone?: Oh, and it was Tommy to Gronky <laughs> for the record. Uh, that would be one that I don't even know that Gronk would spike, you know? Um,
2: That's one you just hand to Tom.
1: Yeah, I think you just go back and hand it to him and you and you have the big embrace and you kinda of dance on the
2: Although I think it would be cool if Tom spiked it then. He might. If Tom yeah, did yeah, the Gronk might. spike.
1: Let, let let Tom do the Gronk <laughs> spike, then pick it up and run it over to the equipment guy. But so there's a lot like there's gonna be all these moments like you mentioned and, and you know, listen, I mean they're doing the they're doing the freaking today show. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> or whatever their morning show is uh on news uh you know from Gillette the ESPN is going to have a college game day like um broadcast that starts I think at 9 a.m yeah their countdown from down. Gillette mm-hmm. I think NBC has a 90 minute pregame
2: NFL Network uh, said they're going to be live at yeah oh yeah there and then they've got what a London game this weekend don't they or is that next weekend
1: I think it's I don't know it's a good question I don't really know but, I mean, obviously, there's, there's, there's going to be so many eyeballs on this and, and, and second only to a Super Bowl in terms of viewership. I talked to – you know, it was interesting. I talked to Tony Dungy um, a little bit. And, you know, because he was obviously not a player, but, but he made a very emotional return uh, after he had been in Tampa Bay for six years. He got that team right to the brink, right to the NFC Championship game, all that, got them right there. And – then he got fired, and he goes to Indianapolis. And In his first year in Indianapolis, um, wouldn't you know, the Colts are playing at Tampa Bay. And it's early in the season. Uh, the Bucs obviously are, are coming off a Super Bowl at that point. So it was the second year. It was 2003. But Tony had not been back. And when I talked to Dungey about it, even though he's not a player, he was beloved, and, and, of course, he had all these memories here. And his players were still here. So he said, you know, I did the same thing like Tom. He goes, I-, I said all the same things. You know, it's another game. I'm focused on beating the Bucks. Um, You know, it- it's whatever, you know, business trip, whatever. Um, it's not going to be that emotional. I'll be happy to see the guys again, but once to kick it off. And he goes, all that sounded great. It was wonderful. And then we drove to the stadium, and when we got there, it all changed. <laughs> he said, as soon as I got into the stadium – he goes. I'm seeing people that I knew, the ushers, the security people. He goes, you know, I'm I'm in the I'm in a different locker room. I'm in the visiting locker room. I'm on the wrong sideline. Um, you know, I, I, I walk down on the field. People are screaming for me, and and he said, you know, and then they have their warm ups and they go back inside. And when they come out, they introduce the offense at that time. And then at the end of that. He comes running out, and they introduce, you know, head coach Tony Dungy, and the place came apart. I mean, the the heartfelt, warm, warm welcome he got. He said, "I I could, it was all I could do to hold it together he goes, the only reason I did was I I kind of knew that the camera was going to be on me every second. And and he goes, "And I was really," he goes, "It was overwhelming. It was just so emotional. It was overwhelming." And he was, and then it affects the other team too. He goes, "Like the Bucks." Of course the game started and the bucks were destroying the colts i mean they were they were up by 24 i think with like five minutes to go and he goes and they feel bad because they're going to beat the pants off of me and those guys liked me you know and, and he goes so they got caught up in it. and of course as it turns out it was the the biggest comeback fourth quarter comeback i think um certainly in monday night history and the bucks wound up losing it was his birthday it was dungy's birthday so um, same thing with Shaq Barrett, you know, Shaq Barrett went back to Denver and he said, and he wasn't even, you know, w- with Barrett, they, they just couldn't pay him. I and mean, they had too many pass rushers with Von Miller and all these guys. And so, you know, DeMarcus Ware, he was, he was the odd man out. Um, but when he went back, he was like, you know, I was kind of ticked off because uh, same thing. I mean, I, I, I thought I was fine. And then I get to the stadium and everything changes and I go to the visiting locker room. I'm like mad. I'm like, I had a good thing here. My house was still there He goes, you know, these guys kind of messed it up for me. They went out and got two sacks, but very similar in that, you know, everything changes when you're in the arena. Um, and there will be, you know, Tom Brady now, after he played in L.A., has played, I think, in 48 stadiums. Um, he's never been an opponent in Gillette, so this, this is a first in so many ways. But he's going to feel it, man. It's, it's, it's going to be really interesting. And what I really like is that it doesn't have to be spoken those guys on that staff in that locker room they know hey we want to win cuz we're we're two and one we want to get back on the winning track but more than that they they so desperately want to win for this guy and um and and i and i i totally expect them to but it's really interesting to see the dynamic and the emotion playing in this game
2: well and that's the other part of it too is is after you lost last week to the rams you're two and yeah. one. This is an important game to, to be three and one instead of two and two. Sure, it going is. Forward. Absolutely. And, and for absolutely. And for the Patriots, it's a big game too. They're one and two right now. Mm-hmm. You would you wouldn't like you don't want to go down one and three at the essentially the quarter mark of the season. I mean, there's a 17th game this year, but you know, I mean, on top of all the pageantry and everything else, this is a big game for both these teams as far as you know what they want to do this season. And then you've got Mac Jones who's sitting there. You know, going up against the goat, but you want to prove that you're just as good as the goat, or you know, can be the next one. Uh, you know, so it, it you know, there's going to be a lot of emotion on his side too. I would think
1: it's a huge opportunity for Mac Jones. Mm-hmm. I, I think Mac Jones is playing with house money. I mean, let's say he goes out there and, and goes toe to toe, or God forbid, he beats Tom Brady. Right? Um, the the stories in in Boston, and you know the perception of him is going to be we got our guy um yeah Brady won a Super Bowl with Tampa Bay but this dude you know in the long term is going to be the right move um there's a great opportunity for Mac Jones now having said that i simply don't think his team is good enough around him i don't think it's mac jones that's going to prevent the patriots from losing i just mm-hmm. think that he doesn't have enough help he doesn't have enough weapons one of the reasons Brady lost or left was because of that, right? They just didn't do enough to surround him. But I thought this was interesting too, like you know, because look, there's never been a player spend twenty years with one coach, okay, and and have all those discussions and been in all those meetings, and you know that they've talked about, well, you know, here's how I would attack you, here's how other teams attack you, here's your, here's where your vulnerabilities are. I mean, Belichick. There's nobody – no player he could possibly know better than Brady and vice versa. There's no team or no scheme or no coach that Brady could know any better than Belichick. So who has the edge in a matchup like that?
2: Well, it, it, as you just said, it's not an apples-to-apples apples comparison considering the weapons around Tom Brady.
1: Yes. and, and Well, let's know. just look at Brady, though. Let's just mm-hmm. say, yeah, forgetting forgetting the guys on the field, If in this situation – if you're Belichick and you know everything about the vulnerabilities of that quarterback because you've been around him 20 years, or if you're Brady and you know everything about how Belichick would attack you and, and what he likes to do on defense, and you can anticipate every move because you, you've been there around him. You just know how he thinks. Forgetting who's on the field with you, just which guy is in a better position, do you think, with that knowledge? Because they both know each other, right, As uh, um, as well as, as well as the other one knows them.
2: I still I I would give the advantage to Brady in, in the simple fact that coaching's great, mm-hmm. but coaches don't execute. I mean, exactly you can put your right. players in a position to make plays, mm-hmm. but you yep. can't make them make plays.
1: Exactly right.
2: You can't. You know, you could sit there and tell them that this is how you need to cover this guy, but they still have to go out and do it. The coach can't can't do it for them. Yeah. Um, you know. I mean, I'm not taking away coaching is important. And I think Bill Belichick's probably the greatest coach in NFL history. Right. But, you know, the players still have to go out and execute it. And Tom Brady on that field with that emotion, look, he doesn't lose back-to-back games very often.
1: No. Uh-uh.
2: And then you add the motivation to win this game on top of that. Yeah. I mean, It could be a performance for the ages from him Sunday night.
1: It could be. Um, I think the over-under for touchdown passes is three. I think I'd take the over on that one. Um, but you're right. I, I agree with you 100%. Players – Players when play the game, you know. Co- coaches coach and players play. It's a players' league. It's a players' game. Um, they're the guy. The guys on the field are the ones that are going to determine the outcome. You can be the greatest coach in the world, if if your guy gets whipped, um, on a on a specific play or a route or a block. It doesn't matter how how good your schemes are or how well you develop players. All, all that matters is is that. The guy got his butt kicked because the guy across from him was better. And, and I think the Bucks are a better team, so I think they're going to win a lot of those battles anyway. Um, but but even if Belichick knows everything and has the right defense styled up 99% of the time, it, it's up to the players to execute, and Brady can still anticipate things and still execute better. There's nothing Belichick can do with his game plan that's going to stop that if Brady is playing well. And, and the guys around him. And if Brady uh, Belichick knows this too. He's, he can't just focus on stopping the quarterback. Hell, he's got to worry about Antonio Brown this week because Brown came back from COVID. He's got to worry about Chris Godwin. He's got to worry about Mike Evans. Gronk, if he plays. Brate. O.J. Howard. The running back. So, there's so many players out there that that can beat you um, That to focus on just the quarterback. you know, Look, they're going to come after him. They're going to do all those things. But you know he's got to defend the Bucks' offense, and that's a that's a long day at the office. No matter who's playing, you know um, the Rams did a nice job, but this team's been averaging over thirty points a game. I just don't know that the Patriots are going to score enough. You know what it would take. In my mind, it would take a defensive touchdown by New England. Um, it would take losing the turnover battle if you were the Bucks by like three to one. Um, you know that that's the kind of game. And and also one that gets you know muddied up in that you know Belichick keeps the ball away from Brady, he doesn't have many opportunities or many plays in the first or second half, and and you know it, it becomes you know small ball, and they and they just try to try to eke by him, but um, but I'm I don't know I I'm it's I'm really looking forward to it. Like there's never been a regular season game I can remember a few. Um, there was a Monday night game when the Rams came here, and the bucks had lost the year before in the FC championship game and then that game turned into a shootout. It was crazy, and the bucks won so there's there's been rematches and things that are that you get hyped up about certainly Super Bowls. I really can't wait to get to New England, get to Boston, see the crowds, see what people are wearing, see what they're saying about Brady um and then, and then witness the reception he gets. It's going, to be, it's going to be like unlike anything we've ever known. So really looking forward
0: to it. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today.
1: So as if this week wasn't like, you know, heavy in a storyline, Richard Sherman showed up, of course, and he made it out. Um, as we're doing this podcast, I've seen him practice now twice. He made it through the heat, which is a good sign. And they've kind of vacillated a little bit between, oh, it would be foolish to think that, you know, I could go out there and play without at least a week of, of getting my body back in shape, et cetera, too. Well, you know, we've got to wait and see because we're not sure what Jamel Dean's going to be like. And, you know, he could go out for a few plays if we needed him, but we're not really counting on him, but we just haven't ruled it out. So they're kind of on the fence a little bit because you know, Dean, even though he has that knee injury, he's been limited the last couple of practices. And we know they're without Sean Murphy bunting. I mean, so numbers-wise, you always got to say, well, you know, who has a helmet? Um, who's playing special teams? Look, Richard Sherman's not out here to play special teams. So that that's all part of the equation. I think in a, in a perfect world, he wouldn't play for the Bucks this Sunday, and then he would line up against the Dolphins a week from now But we'll see. He might have to be a guy that they have a helmet on in case they do get some people hurt. And, um, you know, he'll do the best he can. But it's it's kind of a big ask of Richard Sherman to go out there and make an impact, even though he's already talking to young players. They're already getting pointers. and, And I think that's the biggest thing, whether he plays or not, having a veteran voice in that room, that's the one level of the defense where they're, isn't anybody older than Carlton Davis, really. I mean, Andrew Adams and people like that played in the league, but as far as guys that are on the field every down, and and he's only in his fourth season. So having a guy like Richard Sherman and what he's seen, what he's accomplished, what he's been through in life, I mean, all that um, is going to be so important. I think it's going to really pay off for him, but they certainly can't afford to get anybody else hurt. I mean, that's that's the thing, you know, and it's a good sign that Dean has been back, even though he's been limited I think uh, as we do this podcast, we don't know, but it looks like JPP will be out. Um, Jadon Mickens returned to practice, which is good for him, so you could have more of a veteran presence as a kick returner and, a, and you know an extra receiver. Um, let's see who else we got. Uh, Giovanni Bernard, we, we had not seen him as of late Thursday in terms of practice, but I guess there's an outside chance he could play, although I wouldn't count on that. I would expect to see some Keyshawn Vaughn to go with. Leonard Fournette, and rojo um yeah, so that's that's sort of the injury report, you know, in a nutshell they're they're not in in terrible shape when you get a b back you lost Scotty Miller to a turf toe who's on i r but you know you you got the sudden and quickness and and look a b's going to be motivated because he wanted to play in New England, uh, He got in a little bit of trouble, they didn't even wait to see the outcome of that case. they just cut him, and he wound up playing just one game up there, so. Um, that's that's another expatriate, if you will, I suppose, um, that would really like to have a, a big game.
2: Yeah, it's the revenge game for Antonio Brown. I don't think enough people are talking about this story.
1: <laughs> well, <laughs> that one game, now he did catch a touchdown. He wanted to play there that year. Was that year was nuts for him? You know, he started,
2: and you wonder if if some of those decisions that Belichick made over the years is what led tom brady to want to leave i mean i, I don't think it's one thing in particular or, or that but it, you know he wanted antonio brown on the butt on the patriots mm-hmm. he plays comes in for one game and then they cut him yeah you know and it didn't wait and didn't you know all that stuff where you, you know you wonder if there's it, probably accumulation of a lot of that stuff over years mm-hmm. and, and you know it, it, we've talked about this too is sometimes you know after 20 years you just want to do something different you know, I think, you know, some of this stuff of, of you know, why Tom and, and Bill and why the separation and breakup. And and, and, and I'm sure, there, I mean, after 20 years, there's probably things that each, you know, didn't like about the other. Or, you know, I mean, that's, you know, it happens. But you I snored I still, a lot,
1: you know, Belichick yeah. snored a lot.
2: Yeah, well, but, <laughs> but I still think a lot of it was just Tom just wanted something new, a new challenge. And, it, you know, before... Before he hung up the cleats and you know, he, ten years, he got from now. to that point. I don't, yeah.
1: I don't know that that was always in his mind. I know he no. got there. He no. definitely got there and 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 decided, you know, that hey, I'm going to move on and see what the rest of the NFL is like. And he began he began to embrace that idea. And he was not going back to New England. He said and he told us that he knew that he was done there um, before he started the 2019 season. Mm-hmm. Uh, he knew it because he didn't have a contract. So he's like, you know, they didn't give me what I wanted. I knew I knew this was the last year and, and, and he kind of treated it as such. Um so, you know, I think I think if had if he'd had his druthers, he'd have gotten what Drew Brees got. And Drew Brees got two years, fifty million dollars, mm-hmm. and they gave Tom one year and gave him an eight million dollar raise and he wasn't even up to twenty five yet and they didn't give him the second year. Um and so he was like, Okay, well then then I'm out of here and he played the whole season that way. So, you know, I don't I don't think it was a big surprise. But, you know, this is – it's it's really one of I – and mean, there's there's never been a relationship like this in sport, right? I mean, you had, you know, Michael Jordan and, and, uh, you know, Collins were kind of joined at the hip for all those championships. Had they gone at each other's throats, maybe, that would you have been Phil some Jackson, parallel. Phil Jackson. Phil ja- Did I say Collins? Phil yeah. Collins. Can you feel it in the air tonight? Oh, I thought you meant Doug Phil. Collins, who was the coach yeah. before that, that. Doug Collins, yeah, Phil Jackson. So you know, had there been acrimony between them, that would be similar, right? Because they were they were together for a long time, won mm-hmm. championships, um, and and but this thing, this is like, and it's a, it's a terrible analogy, but I don't know how else to to sort of describe it. But if you're Belichick or you're the Patriot fan or you're whoever, right? Like this dude left you after twenty seasons and probably had every reason to because you just weren't good to him in the end. And so he left you, and not only do you have to, you know, see, you know, you're seeing your ex in Tom Brady, but you're seeing your ex who's never been happier. He got the house. He got the car. He got the kids. He got the, you know, he's got a new wife who's 20 years younger. And, you know, I mean, it's just this This is like you lost the divorce, okay? It's over. Scoreboard. Like, you can't get it back. The man won a Super Bowl, okay? Um I heard somebody say something. uh, I I wish I could give him credit because I can't think of his name off the top of my head on one of these uh, debate shows because, listen, you can't turn on a radio or TV where it's not Brady Belichick, Brady Belichick, Brady Belichick. So um, he made the point that, you know, look, Belichick is going to go down as the greatest NFL coach of all time. Okay? He just is. Maybe the greatest coach of any level of all time because of the six Super Bowls, because of the success he had. Now, we, we know that a large part, maybe maybe it seems like more than we thought, was Tom Brady, right? But but this the, the analogy he made was, you know, this is a chance to put cracks in Belichick. It won't last because, you know, by the time he quits, five years later, whenever that is, he's he's going to get the gold jack. He's going to go to the Hall of Fame. We're all going to talk about how great he was and there was never anybody like him. But for a time, for a day, for a day, for a year, for maybe two years – Brady can take a bite out of his legacy, out of Belichick's legacy. He can, he can go out there and beat him head up, right? And most likely will, but can go out there and and just create doubt for right now. Like, mm, I don't know, because Bill looks awfully beatable to me. When did you ever say that about Belichick? Like he's well, that guy's he's beatable. He's when, like everybody else when he was
2: coaching Cleveland.
1: Yes, <laughs> when he didn't have Tom Brady. That's it. That's that. That's who he's been, and that's the way he was last year when he didn't have Tom Brady, and that's the way they've started the season when he didn't have Tom Brady. I mean, that's a one in three football team if they win up there on Sunday if the Bucks do. So it, it takes a bite out of Belichick and says, yeah, okay, you know, you you were great, but you're 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 like everybody else right now. You're you're as beatable as any coach in the league, and maybe more so in some regards. So it it just takes away that mystique. And, and, and the comparison he made was Mike Tyson. You know, Mike Tyson was a guy that, you know, I'm impegnable. I need I your children. I, I, no one can, I'm the champ. No one can beat me. And he knocked guys out in the first 50 seconds. You know? Like, the fights didn't, I mean, they didn't last a round. Um, and then all of a sudden he got beat. <laughs> and it was like, wait a minute. Mike's great, but like, wait, I didn't know Mike could go down like that. Like, Mike got knocked out, man. <laughs> like, like, Mike got hit. So from then on, he was still one of the greatest boxers of all time, but it was different, you know? And you're going to feel, and this is the analogy the guy used, you're going to feel different about Belichick, I think, if this turns into a route or a spectacle or whatever. And Brady, you know, Brady goes off, um, you know, on the white horse, and even the Patriots fans have to applaud because they they're just, you know, they're so on his side. And Belichick, the hoodie's gonna slunk slink away with with um with Mac Jones and you know, left to an uncertain future. It's interesting. Brady was asked about Mac Jones one time, and he says very succinctly, Yeah, I don't I haven't really watched him. <laughs> Which I thought, you know, at the very minimum guys would go, Yeah, you know, he sounds like a bright quarterback, really had a lot of success at Alabama. Uh, I think he's gonna be great. Nothing. Just, yeah, no, nah, haven't really, don't know. Don't know anything about him. And to that point, Mac Jones, who had a news conference this week, spent 13 minutes up there answering questions, mostly about the guy he replaced, and never used the words Tom or Brady. How can you stand up there for 13 minutes and never say the man's name? That's intentional. That's Belichickian right there. You know?
2: Yeah, so. it is. So after Pretty. the game, they're going to be saying, oh, we're on to Houston.
1: Uh, or is yeah, Jeff a great, great Tom's a great guy? Yeah, and I don't know. I, I guess they will. I mean, I guess they will. Here's the other uh, prop bet you can make. Does Brady and Belichick shake hands? Do they hug? Do they hug and shake hands? Or do they just kind of like have no contact at all and kind of like wave at each other on the way off? What do you think happens at the end of this game? Game's over. Everybody to the center of the field, what happens?
2: Well, tell me the outcome.
1: <laughs> oh, that's a good point. Because we know if
2: Brady loses, he doesn't go shake hands.
1: Usually. If, if Brady loses, he's going straight to the locker room, in yes. my opinion. Yes. Would he? Yeah, he probably would, right? You don't even think he'd go over and say hi to Bill, like, hey, good game or anything like that? Because you know, you know the cameras are just going mean, not not to be. Not Bill. Move. He
2: might go to some other former teammates of his.
1: Right. He'd ignore the hoodie. I think so. Okay. Well, it, let's say let's say let's say Belichick wins. Would Belichick seek Brady out to shake his hand? Nah. No. No. Nah, okay. well, he
2: wouldn't seek him out if if they ended up next to each other in the scrum. I mean, you know.
1: All right. So I'm going to guess you're going you believe that the Bucks are going to win this game, correct?
2: I think so. I mean,
1: okay. For argument's sake, let's say the Bucks win. Mm-hmm. Okay. Do those two do those two meet at midfield anywhere? Do they have a handshake, a hug, anything?
2: Mm, no because i don't think belichick would
1: really wow
2: because the cameras are on because all that stuff
1: so he's just gonna walk off the sidelines like like nah, that ain't my guy nah, that ain't my dude out there
2: you just kind of make sure you don't go near him i mean it, it's gonna be obvious where both of them are because the camera's are gonna be on both of them right Gonna, well, gonna I mean, see typically, the, you're going to see across the way he's going down the forty-yard line. I'm heading over here to the other forty or something, you know.
1: I mean, typically, the coach, uh, he'll at least shake Arians' hands. I mean, the the the, yeah. you know, the, no, edit, I, the I, etiquette a, it, is you yeah. go across and at least say hello to the other coach.
2: Yeah, I think he'd do that.
1: So, I mean, it's Brady will know where he is. He's going to be right by Arians. Yeah, that's true. He's going to be somewhere near midfield by Arians. So, if Brady wants to shake his hand, he can just walk out there. The question is whether they will or not. I'm gonna bet, I'm gonna s I i am going to I would say I know there's a chance they could just blow each other off for this instance, but I'm gonna say that they that 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 'cause I think Brady's gonna win, that they do go to midfield and that there's a quick, very quick, almost not looking at the guy, sort of perfunctory handshake and they're both gone. Like they don't I don't think there's gonna be a bro hug, you know, with you, you stick your butt out and you bend over and tap the yeah. guy on the back. I don't think it's gonna be like that. I think it's just gonna be you know, kind of in like like two hands slapping in the night. Just yep. you know, he's going one way, I'm going the other way. Like, you know, no, then Michelle like,
2: Tefoil will be right there to interview Brady right after.
1: Exactly. Yeah, it'll be like, hey, that was to- Hey, that was cool. That was Bill Belichick, guys. I- so, what's your thoughts about you know kicking your boss's butt? <laughs> you know, so it's but it's going to be really quick. Yeah, don't blink. Isn't it? Is that-
2: I, and just just think, go back three, four years in this town. Mm. the game of maybe the century or you know broadcast or or at least regular season game in the NFL Tampa Bay's involved in it
1: I know right it's crazy this whole thing is crazy I gotta be honest with you man I'm sitting up here at midnight doing podcasts and writing stories I've never written so much I've never worked so hard (laughs) It's a different animal, and it's yeah. it's cool. It's better than the you know. It's better than the Shawshank Chiano years when you're just worried oh, yeah. about whether Josh Freeman got a C on his jersey. <laughs> that was the big story, you know. But but
2: I, but I mean you know this game is Tampa Bay, and then you know the Lightning are going for a three-peat and all that, and the Rays. I mean, I the Brett, Brett had Phillips the had one of the based. greatest moments in World Series history on a crazy play, and you know Rosarinas, you know run he was on last season and just
1: they've done just, it again they've, they've got the yeah. best record that oh, they've I, ever had but i mean you know? just
2: three or four years ago i mean i mean uh, the lightning were still good but you know the well Rays, but the, they
1: were coming off that they were coming off that the, the uh yeah tragic two, year, two years game. ago yeah yeah two years ago was, least, yep. that was that was a low point even though they were good and they won the presidents and all that losing to columbus was like ground zero i mean they, that mm-hmm. kind of nuked the nuked the franchise there for a little bit so if you take it to that date when you know maybe i don't know what the rays were at the time the bucks were really bad you know, the rays were a
2: 91 team that year
1: they've won 90 plus for the last three years so yeah yeah,
2: yeah. but i mean so that's what I'm to... saying. go a year or two before that and just yeah you know and, and to think what this town is right now i mean you know on wednesday was the you know one year anniversary of the boat parade yeah you know, so it's in the last year, just think of everything that's happened. You know, two Stanley Cups, World Series. You know, Tom Brady came here a little more than that, but the Super Bowl. Now you got Brady returning to New England. The Rays have the best record in the American leagues. The American League's going to go through Tropicana Field. It's just, it, you know, it's just crazy. It. I mean, it's it's such a great time to be a sports fan in Tampa Bay.
1: The, I don't, you know, I, I don't obviously can predict these things but i mean it could be a hundred years i mean it could be never like to have these three franchises going at the top of their sport at the same time um that's rare for any city you know we've seen those little sort of thing you know boston one year and and you know you've seen la and you've seen different cities um have multiple championships Mm -hmm. in the same calendar year but It's so rare, and to do it here in a small market where franchises have struggled with attendance, where it it wasn't necessarily a destination because of the just the god awful, you know, perception and and legacy of this team in terms of losing, Uh, you know, the ownership wasn't regarded very well. The Bucks
2: were the worst team in North American sports history.
1: They were. They're not anymore. I mean, no,
2: and and, you know the Rays in the small market, and I mean, and just. Over a year now. It's been you know three days plus a year. Yeah, there's been three championships in Tampa Bay. There was two in the history before that
1: in the history of Tampa. Yeah, <laughs> crazy, right? Just insane. It's, it's it's unfathomable and 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 there's no reason to think that they're not going to continue because these teams are all very very good still. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like there's been turnover with the Lightning still. Got the well, you three still, best players in the league. You still know? got
2: Hedman, Kucherov, Point. Yeah. You know, uh, Vasilevsky. Vassie, yeah. The Rays of I mean, Wander Franco. Mm-hmm. I mean, whose streak ended tonight at 43 games of getting on base in a row. Yeah. Incredible Top. for a 20-year-old.
1: Took a replay. Took a replay yeah. to end it.
2: Yeah. But 20 years old to do that is just incredible. And then yeah. you got the GOAT on the Buccaneers team. I mean, it's it's crazy. This this sports town. I mean, it's I moved here era. eleven years ago. Would have never dreamt that.
1: Yeah. Well, I've lived here my whole life yeah. and haven't dreamt that. But <laughs> you know, uh, it's the golden era, and we we it's you know, and yet a year ago, no one could go to games. The most Tampa thing ever because of the pandemic, and you still have to wear a mask sometimes. And you get you know, but you're right. It, it, there's never been anything like it. Uh, just it's 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 unbelievable and. You know, having a guy like Tom Brady brings a lot of that belief that it can happen again that they could they could go back to back, and that's why Richard Sherman bought in. That's why all those other free agents have bought in, and you know, um, there's there's good mojo here, man. Like all those teams are winning, so.
2: No, and my and my final point is just enjoy the game Sunday night. Enjoy that it's. I mean, too bad it's not here in Tampa, but.
1: Yeah, but that does that adds to it that it's up there. But to go back and you know do it there is 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 even bigger right like he's returning to the scene of his prime you know like he's Mm -hmm. he's actually in Gillette where he spent all those years and won all those trophies that's that just adds more to it to me it would have been something if they would have played played here but up there I mean Boston I mean talk about those guys some people are going to need therapy after this game they're going to be so split emotionally
2: look in four years Belichick will come here and play the Patriots will play the the (laughs) Bucks and Tom will still be the quarterback Tom
1: will be 51 yeah (laughs) Well, he did say. Belichick said, "We're talking about playing until he's fifty. If There's anybody that can, he can do it." So, uh, by that time, I'm predicting Bill will probably hang up his whistle. I don't, I don't know. I don't know how much longer. He seems like a lifer. So, um, well, know, it, it may depend
2: it. on how good Mac Jones is.
1: It might. It might. Yeah. It might. But I tell you, if if they don't get any more heat on Mac Jones than they've gotten on the first three seasons of first three games of quarterbacks, he will pick them apart. You know, at some point, this defensive line has to get some guys on the ground. And, you know, we talked to Shaq Barrett, and he said, yeah, you know, it's it's kind of on me. I got to I gotta win every single play, and we know what teams are trying to do and the screens, and this we got to bring lots of bodies and tackle. And, you know, they, they all act like they have the answers to the test, but when they get there, they, you know, to the test, they keep breaking pencils or something because they have no answers. And I, I just I, – I'm kind of – if I were a Bucks fan, uh, I would be very concerned that this defense hasn't had at least one game, and, and maybe this is the week against lesser competition, where they show up, get the ball back to their offense, create turnovers, and, and sort of dominate a team. We haven't seen them even come close, close to that. And they played some very, very good teams with terrific receivers, and so there's reasons for it. You know, it's funny, like one of the coaches was saying, or players, I can't remember which, that – the emphasis this week for their defense especially was, hey, bring some freaking energy. You know why? They were missing the guy that's the spark plug for them. J- J- Jason Pierre-Paul is the dude who, you know, you plug in uh, and, and uh, the whole defensive line gets a charge out of him. I mean, he's wound up on game day, and they miss that. You know, jo- Joe Tryon Shrenka just trying to hold down the fort and play his technique and all this other stuff but they didn't the coaches didn't feel like their defense played with enough fire and the fire is always lit by JPP so somebody else has to step up
2: let's see Devin White step up there
1: yeah him too right anybody in the front seven i mean where where are the splash plays right where Jamal Dean needs to catch the ball if he catches the ball and it's an interception then that whole game changes so yeah there's there's plenty of dudes that um that could really help out and you know, we'll see if they do. I'm really looking forward to the game. I think it's going to be great. I'm going up there on Saturday. Uh, the weather was in the 50s this morning. Um, I think there's about a 30% chance of rain on Sunday, but the high is in the mid-60s. It's going to be just wonderful to get, you know, to get into some cooler, drier air and and all of that. So really looking forward to it. All right, exciting weekend. So we got the Bucks and the Patriots and the Rays are having their final series at New York against the Yankees. They could take two out of three. They could do some damage there, maybe knock New York out of the postseason. I think when you have that chance, you should always do it because you'll regret it later if you don't. Um, But that will be a a very exciting series, and you still have a bunch of wild cards up for grab with the Red Sox, Toronto, and even Seattle.
2: So if you want ultimate chaos, Mm -hmm. the Rays need to sweep the Yankees, who have a two-game lead in the wild card. Okay. The Red Sox and Seattle both need to win two out of three this weekend. Uh, I forget, Seattle plays Anaheim. Boston is playing, I don't remember. But if they each win two or three, and, and then uh, Toronto. Somebody's playing
1: Washington, right?
2: Uh, Washington, that's who Boston plays, Washington. Yeah. And then yeah. Toronto sweeps Baltimore. You have a four-way tie for two wild-card spots. Woo!
1: That's so cool.
2: That would be the ultimate. And, yeah. and the reason is it helps the Rays is because those teams then have to play game one sixty three maybe one sixty four, and then go to a wild card. And so they're using pitchers, they're the pressure, and and you know what? Meanwhile, you've set up your rotation because game one of the ALDS is Thursday next week.
1: Right. Well, that chaos benefits the the Rays, I would think. Teams have to use pitching; they wouldn't have days off. Mm-hmm. The Rays would. Um, and you know, of course, they have home field advantage throughout the playoffs, so all of that matters, right? Yep. And the other team might be on the road for several, several different cities, several different days. So, yeah, let if, if you're a Rays fan, you are rooting for that chaotic sort of finish. There, I tell you, somebody's going to, somebody's gonna be very disappointed. Can you imagine playing 162 games, maybe have to play 163 and not getting in? I mean that that would be that would wear on you. You know, just so many games throughout the course of a season that you feel like, hey, mm-hmm. we could have hung on there. We could have won this one here. Um, it's amazing to me that these teams are this close. It really is. And and I'll say this, like, you know, Baltimore, other teams, like I don't think – is it the Red Sox have been playing them and yeah. losing? Baltimore
2: yeah. just took two of three.
1: I mean, it took two of three. And, and I mean, the, the Rays, Rays – The
2: Rays didn't lose two to Baltimore all year.
1: All year. The Rays did this. If you look at the AL East, no team – uh came close to dominating the Orioles or any other team the way the Rays did. What were they seventeen and one or eighteen and one? I mean eighteen and one against anybody in the majors is insanely good. Insanely lucky. Um whatever you want to call it. But think about that. You're seventeen games over five hundred against one team. Right? And a team that everybody else played and For the most part, may have gone 500, a little above, a little little above, but not, but not not significant, not 18 and 11 and eight or
2: 12 and seven. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Which is a good year, but I mean, geez, man, I mean, the Rays did this on the backs of the Baltimore, they should send them some flowers or something because when you dominate a, a series in your own division like that, you just, you separate, you separate from everybody and that's sort of what did it. So. Uh, Credit the Rays for getting that done. But anyway, busy weekend in sports. Of course, college football. Um, Florida's at Kentucky. We've got Florida State is hosting Syracuse. Miami Miami just lost lost a tough game to Virginia. Yeah, that was a good game though. Very Mm -hmm. entertaining. Uh, USF Dallas SMU. Yeah, SMU. They they need to follow up their second half a year uh, a week ago at Brigham Young. If they can if they can Mm -hmm. do that and start fast, that would be a lot of progress for Jeff Scott. So. Plenty of college football, the NFL, of course, Bucks at, at Patriots, and then the Rays finishing up with the Yankees. We'll talk about all of that on Monday. In the meantime, for Steve Burstick, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a terrific weekend, everybody.
2: Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad.
1: High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince.